Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your dearly stunning host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the zany Bart Reddish. What up, coconuts? And the button lover, Josh Soroka. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing great. A beautiful Monday. Orioles got a, a big win. Yeah. Uh, if anyone was uh, tuning in around 11 a.m. to observe that. <laughs> I, I was. I don't mind the 11 a.m. start. I was able listen, to listen to some of the to listen to the game during my planning period at work. Yeah, it's, it's the 4 p.m. starts that I don't like because that's like the commute home, where at least 11 I get to settle down at work to either watch it at work while I work, or seven I get to go home. I just don't like four. I don't know if you guys are aware of the date, but today is April 15th. I was quite busy at work today. Uh, unable to watch or listen to the game, but I did catch the highlights. I saw the Chris Davis home run. I saw Brandon Hyde get ejected. So I wish I could have watched it because it looked like a fun game. It was, considering that it seems like every year we've got to play on this stupid Boston day. Yeah. Or uh, what is it, Patriot Day? It's fun to ruin it for them. Right. (laughs) I, I, I really enjoy every time we beat the Red Sox, the Yankees, it's extra special. Like, we go and play Tampa next, and, like, I want the Orioles to win, but if they lose, like, it just means Tampa gets a bigger lead. Right, sure. Tampa's uh, clearly the best the team right now. But I, because I want the scenario to be where the Yankees or Red Sox miss the playoffs by game, and we could say we did that. Right. If, if we lose to the Rays, it's still for the common good. That's, that's right. We're all, we're all working together to keep those evil Yankees and Red Sox out. I'll tell you what. The Red Sox, though, and we're going to get into how the Orioles looked. Red Sox look bad, man. I, they look sloppy. They, they a lot of errors, base running errors, mental errors, fielding errors. They just look like a ugly team. Well, if you've seen any of their highlights before this series, that's been the issue with them. Is a whole lot of errors and just stupid play, run in and all. Yeah, yeah, bad and bad bullpen work. I mean, guys yes. not being able to throw strikes out of the bullpen. But I'm looking at the standings, and I see the Orioles in second place. Guys, who would have thought 17 <laughs> games in, this is not a drill, the Orioles <laughs> are in second place. You laugh, but I'm looking at the standings. Orioles are Yikes. in second place. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, who would have said, uh, what, Dan Straley would be getting us a win today? Yeah. I hope, like, the American League ends up like this, with uh, Tampa Bay and Baltimore top two spots in the east, Minnesota is leading in the central, and Seattle in the west. Can we just keep it like that? That sounds like a good ending to me. 
It is funny to look at the stats and the standings today because we normally complain about, hey, the AL East is such a strong powerhouse, and if we were in any other division, the Orioles would be doing better. And when you look at the standings, the AL East sucks. Right well, now, so far, to, yeah, I mean, compared to, yeah, it's so going to balance out. But let's have yeah. fun while we can. Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. And this is, I mean, they, the Yankees are like, they have, I think, 11 guys on, on, on the injured list. Um, and Boston is suffering from a serious World Series hangover. Um, and so no one really saw that coming. But the Orioles are playing better than I ever would have imagined them to play. Sure. Like this is, I thought this was going to be a dumpster fire from week one. Yes. And it still might be a dumpster fire like starting week three. But like the first three weeks of the season, overall, I've been extremely impressed. Like I'm surprised we won seven games. Right. There's there's been there's been small fires, but it hasn't like blown up the whole season yet. We've only seen yeah. like little bits, and then they contain it, and the next day's fun again. We just right. went up to Boston and split a four game series. Are you kidding me? Like, right. I thought sure. that was not possible at the beginning of the season with this roster. Yep. Australia today was unbelievable. I mean, this guy was coming in with an ERA of twenty, literally twenty. Uh, and, 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 and he pitched a gem of a game. So who knows with this team? Yeah. This week we're coming to you, uh, via, via Skype. Uh, we hope the sound's working for everyone out there. Yeah. Boys and girls. Not sure if it's working on a live stream. It's working in our headphones and it's working on the recordings from what I can tell. Yeah. So you can I, always download the podcast. Right. Cause then you subscribe and listen to the podcast. Yeah. I didn't want to bring up the technology of the show this time. Cause I feel like we start each week with that. Uh, but then I did get a text message that just said sound question mark. Yeah, there's a lot of no audio comments in the uh, yeah. chat room right now. So, yeah, so those people are just oh, going to have to deal with it. People. You know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going Don't to strawberries. Calm down. I'm going to cut the stream. Yeah, and we're going to just record. We're going to record a show now. Yeah, and uh, you can listen to it tomorrow, or you'll be hearing this <laughs> tomorrow when you try to refresh a bunch of times. Fine. We'll figure yeah. it out. Next yeah. time. Yeah. Last it's last not, minute change. Yeah, last minute change due to me. I don't know the 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 um as now with two children, I don't know anymore what to do with the children. There was that last night, there was that uh storm. Um are you guys aware of this? There was a storm last night. Yeah. I heard somebody talking about it. Yeah, that lost, affected you? I lost power for a little bit. Did there you? was there was like a tornado watch uh like in our county. Interesting. Um yeah, and so, like, I was debating. This was at, like, 3 a.m., and it was nasty. It was coming down, wind gushing. And I was like, at this point, do, like, I wake up, and do I get Silas, and do I take him from upstairs sleeping, and, like, do we go in a closet? And then I was like, <laughs> that's going to be – that's going to disturb him. And so, and I'm, like, the king of indecision, so I said, nah, I'm just going to go back to sleep. Despite, everything worked so, out okay. Yeah, everything worked out okay. It could have yeah. not have worked out okay. Um but everything worked out okay. That's good. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of any storms like that. Do you, you feel like your roof's going to blow off or something? Yeah, it was as intense of a wind as I've, I've ever experienced over here. Wow. Yeah, and rain. Yeah, it was pretty pretty nasty. All your trees like, held up? Yeah, all the trees held up. I think all our trees over the past like five years have fallen down, so there's really not many left to fall. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. And then like with, with, um, with our other daughter, like she was, she was throwing up. And again – like, am I going to call the, call the doctor and say, hey, listen, baby's spitting up milk. 
Like what? That's what babies do. And so right. I didn't want to make a big scene about you know about uh, about a baby spitting up milk, but the baby is spitting up a lot of milk. Mm. Right. So what does one do here? It's becoming just, a problem. So yeah, yeah. I'm just the king of indecision with all these things. So you, so you, you, went, go you go to the doctor. Yeah, Emily took the baby to the doctor last night. But my, my go-to is always to do nothing, which probably is not the correct right. That's why Emily makes that decision. That's why, yeah, that's why I married Emily. I'm the king of doing nothing as well. I had my one daughter broke her finger and for three days were like, it's fine. And then we finally <laughs> take her to the doctor and it's broken. And the other daughter fell off of a horse on Wednesday. And for two days were like, your headaches were fine. The headache will go away. Turns out she has a concussion. So we're just like... I don't know. I'm still I'm still going to deny, deny, deny until a doctor tells me otherwise. Yeah, because I don't want to be that parent who brings in their kid to the ER because he spit up some milk, right? Seriously. And they're like, like, what are you doing? Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think that was the case there. But whatever. Um, right. Anyway, that's why we're doing Skype because we got some, you know, sick kids. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, so let's get into some, some oral talk. Right. Um, I, I want to go this direction. Okay. So, positives and negatives a few weeks in the season. Okay. I got some things that are not just positive, but things that have positively surprised me and some things that negatively surprised me. Um, like, for example, I'm going to tell you right now, like um, Chris Davis is not on my list because he hasn't surprised me. Like anyone <laughs> who knows me knows, like I expect Chris Davis to get out every single time. Yeah. Right. So, so his performance has not surprised me. So he, he didn't make my list. Okay. So positive things, and you guys can add if I'm missing anything here. Positive things that surprised me. Number one, Trey Mancini. This has yes. been a huge bounce back so far start for him. He's red hot. Yeah, he had a little bit of a down year, and he's been one of the best offensive players in baseball, um, and he's carrying this offense. Yeah, if he can sustain it, it's huge for the organization. Yeah, and they've got him yeah. in left field and right field. I don't even know why we talk about him being a first baseman anymore. Either he's out in the outfield so much. Well, and I tell you what helps because this is not talked about enough with Trey Mancini's outfield play. Also, can we talk about ball hogs too? You guys watch Cedric Mullins play center field. That kid is everywhere, and he's literally like, like well, uh, we lost he Matt over left field and takes out Trey Mancini's glove. We, we lost Matt head. as he praised Cedric Mullins, which is funny because Cedric Mullins is so bad this year. It's like last week when I was sitting here talking about how Chris Davis is an excellent defender. So, uh, you guys have me? Do you guys have me now? You're there. You're there. Okay. I, you guys lost me. Like I dropped off the face of the earth. Like I was no longer involved in this podcast. I just figured it was an extended stutter. <laughs> no, but but Cedric Mullins, we can get to his play at the plate, but the kid is everywhere in the outfield, and I think it makes Trey Mancini look better because that man only has to right. run five feet. I also saw, and this is I'm getting the, on a tangent here. The, if you're going with with ball hogs, the other guy is Jonathan Villar. Yeah, who's doing the same thing, feel- running out there, calling people off, taking charge. Well, we realize who's playing right field, right? When Trey Mancini's out there. Everyone's told, go and take the ball from him. Yeah. <laughs> it, yep. But I, I, something also helps, I think, um, Trey Mancini in the outfield. I saw, um, who's that guy from Orioles Hangout? To, to, Tony Pente. And I hate this, that every like, bad take on the Orioles, when it comes from, it just comes from him. Like it's, we, I say like everybody's saying this, but it's really just one dude saying this. But I saw him tweet out that the sabermetrics aren't working because the Orioles, because the pitchers still suck. 
right? So all these sabermetric things aren't working because the pitchers still suck. I thought that is so a stupid thing to say on so many levels. First of all, it's only been three weeks, right? Like they haven't had a chance to really implement all their stuff. Also, a lot of the sabermetrics involves like player development and drafting and like free agent signing and other stuff that doesn't show up on the field every day. But the other thing is, I think we have seen like tangible sabermetric improvements in our defensive alignments. And so I think Trey Mancini has benefited too from kind of always being in the right spot. I guess so. Uh, but then what do you do you excuse that? I, I'm if you want to you do you have more good or do you want to get to the bad with Cedric Mullins? No, I have more good. Okay. You then no, that, let's get to some Cedric good. Mullins, Cedric Mullins wasn't my good. Trey Mancini was my good. Cedric Mullins just happened to come in there okay. in the conversation. All right. <laughs> my next good. Uh, speaking of Cedric Mullins, the the defense. Um, we've turned the most double yes. plays in all of baseball. Yeah, only Cedric two, Mullins been involved in all of them. Only two people have stolen a base from us. Cedric Mullins is freaking everywhere in the outfield. <laughs> Richie Martin, <laughs> Richie Martin's a stud at shortstop. Um, our catchers are like they're pumping their fists. They're, right. they're, they're I love the energy of our catchers. Cup checks all the time. They're, they're passionate. Smash, they're smashing the ground. Yeah. Um, and they're throwing up base runners, and they're like, uh, how many times is Sucre going to throw down the third base with the runner on third? He does it all the time. Um, and so I like that. It's, it's some excitement there. So you guys have to admit, like, looking at last year's team compared to this year's team. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, the defense has drastically improved. Oh, right? no doubt. No it's doubt. The big highlight of the, of the of the season is the defense. It's been fun to watch, certainly. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, next positive. Uh, John Means. Okay. Yeah. He is the one, as far as starting pitchers go. Like Kashner has been pretty good, but he's, he kind of is what we expected. Um, Alex Cobb, whatever. Um, we'll get to, to Dylan Bunny. Am I bad? Um, Straley. We'll see where where he's at. Um, but John Means, I was not, and David Hess has been kind of up and down, but John Means, I was not expecting him to be good. And he has been really good. His changeup is great. His fastball is solid. If he can get that curveball rocking and rolling, I think we could have a legitimate starting pitcher in John Means. He started the game, uh, that Josh and I went to last Tuesday yes. against Oakland. Um, and I, they were calling him just to be the opener for that game, hoping he would, could maybe go four innings. Um, and uh, he pitched pretty well, but he gave up a lot of unearned runs. There was, there was just – he was uh, the victim of a bunch of little blue infield singles uh, that were just advancing runners yeah. and just one base hit knocks in three of them. Um, and that was so, like – But he was, looked pretty good. Yeah, that was – he looked good and was just getting like the worst luck on where the ball was landing and how the guys were fielding it and uh, errors and all. He's got 13.2 innings under his belt at a 1.98 ERA. Yeah, because all those runs were unearned. He's having he was having like Chris Davis bad luck. Yes, <laughs> he was. Yeah, and I, shut up. I, I think they're still uh, they're still stretching him out too. So I expect him to go you know longer and longer in the games if he's if he's able to pitch effectively. Sure, sure. He's only 25 years old. Well, I I think he had like I think he turns 26 like today or tomorrow like this week sometime. The 24th. Okay. Next week. Yeah. I just happen to be have the John Means page up. I don't have yes, all this crap memorized, memorized about him. He knows all the Orioles' uh-huh. birthdays. John Allen Means. 
Uh, the born, other guy, born in Kansas. I have one more positive, um, okay. and that's uh, Dwight Smith Jr. Yeah. Yep. Who had a great game today, double, you know, home run, four RBI, four RBIs. Um, uh, and so he's, he's been a, ple- a pleasant surprise. I expected nothing out of Dwight Smith Jr., yeah. just like most of the other Oriole players. But he's actually turned in, at least for three weeks, into something, which is exciting. Sure. Uh, yeah, you're, I mean, you don't want to go with the – how did this team that's – I guess it's because this team started with a whole bunch of people that no one knew. How did this kid, Hanser Alberto, suddenly become everyone's favorite player? <laughs> I mean, he had like a good two, three games, and then all of a sudden it's like the only guy on the Orioles that like your average fan knows, and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's It's weird because – a, he's not terrible. He's pretty good. And he's fun to watch. He looks like he's enjoying himself playing the game. Yeah. Uh, so he has been a, a kind of a bright spot in the early parts of the season so far for me. And and he's got a great nickname. What's that? Radio. Yeah. <laughs> like like the Cuba Gooden Jr. Movie? Exactly. Oh exactly. <laughs> I haven't heard the backstory, but I just like radio. <laughs> That's his nickname. <laughs> do, you, do you know the backstory? No. I just know it reminds oh. me of that movie. Oh, yeah. It's a different backstory than the movie. Okay. That's good. <laughs> he stands behind. It's because when, when people take batting practice, he stands behind it and does like commentary, radio commentary on the batting practice. All right. Yeah. Then never mind. He's my favorite player on the team. Why is that not mic'd up yet? Yeah. The thing the thing I like about him, you're right, they need to mic that up, is I'm not a, I don't think he's a great baseball player, to be honest. I haven't been that impressed. But I do like – he looks a little bit unathletic. He doesn't look like the <laughs> most athletic kid yeah. you ever walked in the baseball field. Have you but seen he like, plays like every position. He's at shortstop. He's at third base. He's at second base. He pitched. Infield. He pitched. Oh, yeah, he did yeah. pitch. Yeah. Yeah. So impressive for a guy. Kind of look that doesn't look like the most athletic guy in the world. No, he automatically gets some bonus points with the fans because he pitched. Like even if he pitched terrible, true. the fact yeah. that he pitched and like he was throwing up like seventy mile per hour. Like he was, he was, he was not even eighty. He was throwing yeah. up to like seventy miles per hour, which is hilarious. <laughs> That's his fastball. Yeah, but you're right. There was a uh, there was like a picture of him with like Cedric Mullins and Trey Mancini, and he doesn't look like he belongs on the baseball team. <laughs> Yeah, but he plays all the infield positions. He's athletic. I've seen him make diving plays. He seems to be a pretty good player. I'm not sure if the bat will play. I really don't know if the bat will play. He's shown no power. Right. Um, and the batting average has gone down recently. So wait and see on Alberto. The I wouldn't, I'll say this. I wouldn't go out and buy a Hanser Alberto jersey quite yet. Well, unless my name was Albert, oh, then I'd be tempted. Oh. I know yeah, I know a few Alberts. Because then you could always just like tape over the O if things go yeah, south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What numbers he wear? Fifty three or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I saw 40, him wearing forty two today. Oh, the stupid M, the stupid MVP app, MLB app, has updated everyone's number to forty two. Yeah, that's helpful. That's so <laughs> stupid. How am I supposed to look up his number if it says forty two? I almost announced that he's wearing number forty two and caught myself. <laughs> are you talking Jackie? Are you saying Jackie Robinson's dumb and we shouldn't honor him? No, I'm saying the app showing everyone when I click on roster and want to look up facts about the people, like it doesn't list all of their last names as Robinson for today. <laughs> you know, like I, I get it. Everything one, everyone wore 42 today. That doesn't mean that's your roster number. You brought up uh, Dwight Smith Jr. though, to start that off. Josh, do you remember uh, 
I was coming up with jingles for all the players in the team. I got I got two good ones so far, including Dwight Smith Jr. Bump, but bump, 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 bump. You like that one? So, Matt? so Matt, when we were at the game, Bert's, Bert's sitting there trying to come up with jingles for every player that goes at bat, but it's all using the sounds from like insurance agencies. Well, I only got two, and the other one wasn't an insurance agent or agency. It was a uh, Rich Blyer. Yum. <laughs> That's the only two I right. got so far. He was struggling. I'm adding to it. That's good. I'm sure you could they, do something. With- it has to come naturally. I can't force it. The Dwight Swift Jr. and Rich Blyer, they both came to me naturally. So I'm sure there will be more as I'm inclined to uh, like, you know, television jingles. Rich Blyer, yum. That's it. You know what? You got the whole season to. No, I, I got a while. Right. It's, it's gonna be a long season, boys. Anything to keep me entertained. At the end of the season, though, I want you to run down the whole roster with all your slogans. I will. I already started a, a notes on my phone, <laughs> similar similar to my Adam Jones question that will never go away. Uh, I've got notes to remind myself of all my right. jingles for Orioles players. Some people come up with with nicknames. Bert comes up with jingles for each player. Dwight Smith Jr. That's Silas's favorite commercial. He always bumps with them. <laughs> Loves it. Um, so those are my positives. You guys mentioned Hans Alberto. Did I miss any other positives? Uh, I mean, you didn't want to go to Chris Davis, but it at least gave me something of interest to look for for this first few weeks of the season. The fact that he had a streak of note occurring and then finally to see it come to an end and now he can just go back to being bad Chris Davis who at least gets a hit every once and, in a while. And I think it was a little encouraging to see Chris Davis get a, another hit today so it's not like he's starting another ridiculous streak again. We hope not. I mean, and, the scary thing and, is he could start that at any point but maybe there, maybe the bad luck has ran out. It's the kind of thing for me uh, like if the Orioles were supposed to be good this year, if we're competing for the American League East pennant and Chris Davis is 0 for 60 something, it's we're booing the crap out of him. Right. Uh, we're very upset with it. Get him off the team. Get him out of the starting lineup. Whereas he was in the midst of that streak towards the end there where he was getting cheers and encouragement like people. I, I kind of wanted to see the streak keep going, but I also wanted to see it end. So for me, I, it was a positive either way. And it was cool to see him. Uh, appreciate the cheers and have a sense of humor about it, you know, asking for the ball after he got that hit and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. It, it it made the first few weeks of the season interesting, at least for me. Yeah, I think he's he wants that ball because now he can go and, and do a whole speaking tour when he retires with that ball. <laughs> Talking about how when you're down, you, it sucks and all that. And I don't know. He, yeah. He's probably made enough money. He doesn't have to do any speaking tours. That's, that is true. Now, the other, the Orioles' other streak ended today, right? The giving up a home run in every game? Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe today bad. we did not give one up, so nope. that ended at 15. All right. There you go. <laughs> yeah, which is ironic. Australia's infamous for giving up home runs, but all right, good for him. So now on to my uh, negatives. Okay. Okay. And these are things like I was not expecting, but they turned out to be true. Um, one is how bad has that bullpen been this year? Yeah, because that's been and our strength even, in the past, not starting I pitching. Know, and I thought it might be kind of intriguing to see some of these starter arms move to the bullpen, like a Mike Wright Jr. But like, and it's not just one guy. Like Mike Wright Jr. has been bad. 
Miguel Castro has been bad. Dick Blyer, of course, with the injury or whatever, he's been bad. Right. Michael Gibbons hasn't been great. So it's just like all just down the line as a whole, you thought maybe that would be somewhat of a strength, at least average, but we've been really bad at the bullpen. That's been disappointing and surprising. Sure. Um, and yeah, I guess it's because it's also because it's guys like Richard Blyer, uh, Michael Gibbons, uh, Castro, guys who in the past year were good and we thought they would take that next step. Yeah, it, yeah, it's true. And like guys were counting on, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, like guys, like you think, I don't know, you, you know Mike Wright Jr. is a failed starter, but he has such good stuff, you think he'll work on the bullpen. Right. Miguel Castro is throwing this 97-mile-per-hour sinker, yet somehow he hangs sliders every other pitch and gets, and gets crushed. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Arojo, you know, was a disaster. He was. He was so much a disaster that we literally couldn't keep him for like a week. A, a team that's trying to lose, we couldn't keep Arojo because it's so bad for a week that we had to give him back and then trade for him or whatever. Yeah. So it's uh, the the ERA of the bullpen has been has been bad. Um, yeah, and even guys we called up like Josh uh, Rogers hasn't been very good. Josh Lucas recently hasn't been very good. Right. Um, like I said, Givens has an ERA close to five. And those are things where even though the Orioles aren't are even though the Orioles aren't going anywhere this year, you don't want that bullpen to like be such a bad bullpen that it's affecting your starters and affecting your starters to try to push it harder because they can't count on uh guys having their backs afterwards and yeah yeah i mean you don't want to lose but it's always it almost like crushes more when you lose it with that bad bullpen right um so that's that's the one thing the other thing um that, that i put on here was dylan bundy yeah um era of 8.76 in three games, 12 innings pitched. Um, just bad. 12 earned runs, given up. Listen to this. In um, three starts, 12 innings pitched. He's given up six home runs. He's averaging a home run every other inning. Mm. Um, so just ugly stuff um, from... No, from they're, they're talking a lot with Dylan Bunny about not having an out pitch and how he gets in this like two-strike count and then he tries to just throw the fastball but he keeps throwing it right over the middle, and they're just crushing it. It's not even fast, like 92 miles per hour. So it's not like he's throwing 97. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's really sad, though, because Dylan Bundy was supposed to be the guy. And we've held on to him for so long. Yeah. Waiting for him to be the guy. And now he's finally, like, healthy and, and all those injury stuff's behind him. How much do you and, wish we traded him over Gosman? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not... How much you wish you trade Dylan Bundy two years ago, right? When you right. Yeah, yeah sure. He was supposed to be untouchable. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, unfortunately, everyone is touching him, touching him <laughs> for the long ball. Um, so that's been really kind of disappointing. And I don't know if Dylan Bundy will ever be an average starting pitcher. I don't know. Yeah, right. It's frustrating. He's going to have every opportunity this year. So I think he starts tomorrow, actually. Um, so we'll see how that goes. The other thing, and this is the last one, uh, and this is maybe unfair because I was just looking at the stats, and it's not as bad as I thought, um, and that's the Orioles' offense. I thought the, just the offense in general has been disappointing. Now, if you look at like ranks for teams, we rank um, uh, uh, number 21st in OBP, yeah. which is a little better than I thought. But, I mean, part of it is Trey Mancini has a 400 OBP. He's carrying the team on his back. 
Yeah, and you look at guys like Jonathan Villar is off to a great start. Right. I think Trey is like ranked number two under Trout in a lot of the offensive stats so far this season. Yeah, it's possible. Like, he leads the Orioles in all the categories. Runs, hits, RBIs, home runs. Um, So he leads in a bunch of categories. But, like, if you look at Chris Davis, right? Just think about this for a second. Chris Davis has four hits. Cedric Mullins has five. Yeah, uh, I know. And, yeah. and 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 Richie Martin only has six. And and right. Joey Rickard only has seven. Now Joey Rickard <laughs> has had the least at bats out of all those guys. Oh no no no. He's had forty at bats. Okay. I mean Chris Davis has had forty five. Okay. All right. And it's and Sue Gray, who's had even more at bats than Joey Rickard, only has eight hits. Um and Severino playing backup catcher, right? Still has only had four hits. Like all those guys. We have, look, Ruiz, Severino, Sucre, Rickard, Martin, Mullins, Davis, all batting 200 or below. That's a lot of guys batting 200 or below. Yeah. In fact, so, in fact, if you pull up, I just pulled up our top. Yeah, this, this can't be right. Our top six batting averages, Trey Mancini at 343, Villar at 300, Nunez at 293, Dwight Smith Jr. at 270, Ruiz, Ruiz at 2, and Mullins at uh, 111. Yeah. Yeah, like, they must be using the at-bats or whatever. I mean, Hounds are up yeah, there. right, because that's got to be based on the number at-bats. But And that's where Mullins, I think, stands out a lot to me. And I, I even put in our show notes, the only thing I added is Cedric Mullins sucks. Because oh, he's, stop. we it's talked not. about on the preseason – in our shows, we talked about how, like, the Orioles need Trey Mancini and Cedric Mullins to step up and be the face of this organization. And Cedric Mullins is off to a horrible start. And I really question, is Cedric Mullins the future center fielder here when we've got such a competition for outfield? Where does Cedric Mullins fall in line? He's got the speed for center field, but if he can't have the bat, at what point do we need to send him down and bring up a guy like Austin Hayes? Well, you said Cedric Mullins only has five hits. Two of them were those two triples he hit in the same game last Monday. So take away that one game, he's only got three hits. Okay. And then take away Davis's two games, and he's got zero hits. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting. There's uh, It's all coming into one little spot. Nobody is consistent. Nobody's spreading – they're uh, just they're Manc- Mancini and they're... Villar. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. And I guess that's why we can have fun with this because there's no expectation this year. The expectation this year is is to lose more than we win, end up in last place. And I think it's even. I think most people are not even expecting the team to be better than last year. A lot of people are expecting this team to be worse. So I think we can sit here and we can evaluate and complain. And I think I think it's fair to complain about what Cedric Mullins is doing on the field. And Richie Martin, I give a pass because he's a Rule 5 guy. He shouldn't even be up here. But uh, it yeah, also doesn't I, matter yet. I don't know, Josh. I don't know because I, 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 I kind of would give the pass to Cedric Mullins too because um, I don't think anyone – the only reason that Mullins is looked upon as being kind of the, the guy in center – it's because he was the first guy caught up. Right. Right. He was the closest to the majors. Oh, I agree. Ne- 
never in like the prospect rankings was Mullins ahead of Hayes okay. or, or these other outfielders. Like he was never a high ranked prospect. He was just the close to the majors. And there was all the dramatic stuff with Adam Jones and the Cedric Mullins whole thing, like passing the torch. Right. So, so what's the, so there's no point in dragging him out longer if, well, it's, well, no. if it's not going to work and we've got guys ready to go. Well, I, the question is, and you're right, I, I've been saying this from Jump Street, if you want to win right now, Austin Hayes will help you win more than Cedric Mullins right now. But I don't think they're trying to do that right now. Uh, but I think you are trying to find out, is Cedric Mullins a fourth outfielder? Is he a guy you can have on the team? Can, can he hit enough to like sprinkle him in in all the outfield positions to be kind of your backup fourth outfielder? You're Andy Chavez, you're Alejandro Diaz. All right. So you're uh, going that good. You're going down the same path as you are with Chris Davis. As this year doesn't matter. If if we can get an, a the, a positive spin on this guy, he's got a good upside. We like his speed. We like him defensively. Yeah, Josh, you tweeted out when Chris Davis got the hit. Now you're like, we need to start focusing on Cedric Mullins and why. I, because I think that, that was one of the dumbest tweets I ever. I think. Josh, I think Davis by this. Cedric Mullins playing for league minimum, but go ahead. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> care. It doesn't matter what they make when they're all on the field at the same time. It's expectations, though. The, but, but here's the problem. By the time we do this show next week, Mullins is going to have a smaller batting average than Chris Davis. Chris Davis is on the up while Mullins keeps going down. He had another 0 for game today. He was the only guy in the lineup to not get on base today. Fun fact. Davis, even when he was sucking, he was getting walks. Mullins is not that guy. So I get that there's a price tag on one versus the other, but when you've only got nine guys on the field, when you compare them to each other and compare them to other guys that can play their position, Rickert's right now are better bringing more to the team than Mullins. Oh, get out of here. Joey Rickert's batting 175, all right? So don't talk yeah. to me about Joey Rickard. That's higher than 111. Yeah, but he's not as good defensively as Cedric Mullins is. I think you can get away with bad offensive play as long as you have great defense. And so I think Cedric Mullins, if Cedric Mullins played outfield like Trey Mancini, I, I agree. But as long as he's playing great outfield, which he is, just like Richie Martin, is terrible. <laughs> you realize that's the argument people used to use on you for Joey Rickard and Ryan Flaherty. And guys, no. you would then get upset that these guys are on the field. No, the only reason Ryan Flaherty was never great defensively, he could just play like 17 defensive positions. All right? And so, um, and I, I never would promote Joey Rickard or Ryan Flaherty as an everyday player. Um, and ultimately, I would not say Cedric Mullins should be an everyday player. But I think you can, like, this is a good opportunity to find out if he can hit left-handed pitching and if he can be your kind of fourth outfielder as you wait for the real center fielder which is, I don't know, McKenna or Hayes. Both those guys think will be better outfielders than Cedric Mullins in the end. Wasn't that the case with uh, J.J. Hardy for all those years? His defense at shortstop was spectacular, but he was a subpar hitter the years he was with us. Yeah. And but I he think, still played every single night because we needed him at shortstop. Yeah, and I think you can get away with that at two positions, right? I think you see that most often at shortstop and at catcher. Um, it's rare to see a center fielder who also can't hit. And that, isn't that also because those positions are kind of like uh, also coaches on the field, where you're, if you've got a catcher that can't hit, maybe he's handling the pitching well, and you've got the shortstop who's handling the infield and directing the infield well. 
Well, yeah, and defensively, you're involved in so many plays, right? Sure. As a catcher and as a shortstop. Yeah. So those, well, did, did, did I cover them all? You're good and you're bad. Yeah. Yeah. So that, those are my things that uh, has surprised me. I thought the offense would be a little better. And, and speaking of the offense, one of the things that's kind of surprised me is I thought, honestly, we would have more stolen bases at this point in the, in the year. Um, Villar has three. Dwight Smith Jr. has two. And Richie Martin has one. And that's it. Um, now, no one's stealing against us, but we're not stealing a ton of bases either. I mean, we've got six total. Right. We're, not uh, a- we're ranked number 19th in, in, all, this, in all the baseball. It's stealing well, we, bases. Just, we just talked about how Cedric Mullins uh, is, has the great speed, but he's not getting on base. So if he has to actually get on base before he's going to steal any bases. Yeah, that's true. That's you a know, good point. The other positive with this team is doubles. We've seen a lot of doubles. And like, I think every game we've gotten a double almost. And a lot of that's been Villar and Mancini, but that's another positive is is getting those extra bases. That and that might be what's cutting down on the stolen bases. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this was um, I you know I made that prediction, my bold prediction, what the Orioles would have more stolen bases than home runs. Um, that's not looking very good so far. Orioles have 17 home runs and six stolen bases. So that's not looking good so far. But I could not have predicted that Dwight Smith Jr. right would have more home runs than stolen bases. He's not supposed to be a power hitter. He's got stupid little pesky pole. That's how Cedric <laughs> Holmes got his too. You just sneak it right down there. Yeah. Outrageous. I was looking at uh, last year his stats, um, Dwight Smith Jr. Because like, where did this guy come from? And like, is he legitimately good or not? Right. Um, and you, you look at his stats from last year. Um, in what 85 games in the in the minors last year he ended up with just six home runs and in 100 games the year before he ended up with just eight home runs so he hasn't been like a prolific power hitter at any point in his career so it's you know last year in triple a all year he had six this year um and just playing you know just to start he's already got four so it's like all right I just pulled up Dwight Smith Jr.'s uh, profile on uh, the MLB at bat app. Um, do you guys know what 42? number? You, you guys know we're here. Yeah, number forty-two. That's all I was going to ask. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, beat you to the joke, my man. <laughs> Have you? Uh, the setup was too long. Yeah. Have you seen the Orioles? I just downloaded the MLB at bat app and opened up the application. <laughs> I went to the Dwight Smith Jr. page, and what did I see? Josh, when is Dwight Smith Jr.'s birthday? I don't know. I don't have it open. <laughs> but I can tell you, are you guys concerned about the strikeout rate of this team? No. it's, it's We've always been a strikeout team. Is you it know, worse than last year? You know who has the most strikeouts? No. Uh, Chris Davis? Chris Davis has 20. Do you know who's tied for second with 17? Uh, Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini and Richie Martin. Oh, yeah. No. Nope. We've always been a strikeout team. It doesn't shock me if we have a terrible strikeout rate, and nor does it disturb me. But I tell you what, this year with worse players, our on-base percentage is higher than it was last year. So there might be something to this, like putting an emphasis on like getting on base. Yeah, less long balls. Somehow related to sabermetrics somehow. Um, but our on-base percentage is a bit higher than it was last year, which is notable because I think we have worse players than we did last year. Yeah, I think we do. I would say so. Yeah. 
So those are all good and interesting signs. Yeah. Can we look ahead at the uh, schedule? Uh, who who we have in the future? That, yeah. Uh, that so this, we, coming week? this week we've got uh, three games in Tampa starting tomorrow, and they're clearly the the team way out in front of the American League East. And then we come home with Minnesota and Chicago, the White Sox. So uh, it all. I mean, if they can take one of these games in Tampa, that'll be exciting. Yeah, I don't know what Tampa's trying to prove. I was looking at the MLB bat app. That was... <laughs> yeah, we, we've we've talked about it about twenty times today. And, Very familiar with it. Yeah, and, and Tampa Bay has a starter for Tuesday. Um, this Glasgow character, this Glasgow character, who's three and zero with an ERA point five three. That sounds pretty ridiculous. Three and zero ERA of point five three. But then Wednesday, Thursday, they got no starters listed. It's just yeah. two days away. What, what are they trying to hide over there? It's probably just going to be an opener. All right. Well, I think this Glasgow guy, I think, is an opener because he's 3-0, and but he's only pitched 17 innings. Yeah. So what's that? Like five? I, I guess that's five, yeah, six that's, innings that's a game. Never innings. mind. That makes yeah. sense. Especially beginning of the season, people are still getting stretched out. Yeah. yeah. But his numbers are have been ridiculous this year. But he wasn't a good pitcher last year, so we'll see. I, mean, I don't know about this guy. I don't know. Who was – did Tampa play like – were they playing crappy teams at the beginning of the season? Do you know, like, why is Tampa so good? Because <laughs> they weren't. Yeah, pro- think... They weren't projected to be any good. No, they were projected to be good. Were they? they yeah, they just been overshadowed by by the those, Yankees, those, Red Sox, money, dreaded Yankees, Red Sox. Uh, uh, they, I mean, the they, Rays always do this. They always have the best starting pitching in the AL East, and so they do a starting pitching. Yeah, and then they uh, trade it away and try to hit a couple dongs in there. Yeah. I, I was pulling up a stat because you were talking about how the you know the strikeout rate and things like that could be disappointing stat to look at, but something and I've said that it's you know it's every year we always strike out a lot. Another thing we always do every year, our pitching, no matter how good or bad our pitching is, is we walk an atrocious number of hitters. Our pitchers already have sixty three walks, bases on balls they've given up. That's the second most in the American League, fifth most in all of baseball. Compared to the Tampa Bay Rays, where we're going to go tomorrow for the next three games, they've only walked 40 batters, 23 more walks our pitchers have given up in this short season so far than Tampa Bay. I'm so sick of walks. It's the, That's the <laughs> biggest thing that will make me turn off a baseball game if I have to sit through like back-to-back bases on balls. It's unreal how terrible we are at walking people. Drives me nuts. When yes. that changes, when that changes, I will be impressed. Until then, <laughs> we're just we're just a pitching staff that walks gives gives away free bases over and over and over again. Yeah, um, offensively, Tampa Bay, you're right. Their pitching staff doesn't walk people. No. Offensively, they steal a lot of bases. They have 16 steals, only been caught one time, which is impressive. So that might be an interesting matchup with our kind of catching situation where we throw everybody out. Or they're afraid to run on us. Only two people have stolen bases on us, and yeah. they've stolen sixteen. Only been caught once. Um, they also, I mean, they, they do the sabermetric thing. They, they they strike out a lot, high on base percentage, and they hit home runs. So that's that's the kind of the Tampa Bay offense for you. Any hey. anything else you were looking at on that schedule ahead of time? Or are you just curious about this pitching we're going to see down in Tampa? Yeah, no, I think it's a really kind of intriguing matchup. Um, how how many you know we used to always joke that when you go to Tampa you're going to go to an empty stadium yeah um, uh, 
guys, you 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 guys went to the game what what on uh, Tuesday night? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was six thousand something. Yeah, how did that feel? I don't. I've never been to a game with six thousand people. Before. It was awesome. No lines. No lines. Could just go up and get my food and go sit down. It was you chilly. Could, it was quiet. You could yell at a player even from the upper deck, and they can probably yeah. hear you. When they strike out, you could hear them curse. So <laughs> it, it was fun. Is there something embarrassing though about rooting for a team? Like we always joke Tampa because Tampa would never have anyone at the game. Yeah, but they were good and still had no one. Is there something embarrassing though? No matter who you are, this is a baseball town. Six thousand people. I think well, I think the embarrassment was last year, and this year we kind of just accepted it was going to be crap. What yeah, think, I mean, it's, it's still early, and it's only the second game I've been to this season, so it's still fun and fresh. You know, talk to me in August when it's an empty stadium and we're thirty games below five hundred. Uh, yeah, let's let's pull out the excuses. That is going to be real sad. <laughs> let's pull out the excuses. It was nighttime. It was it was a little dreary. Schools are cool still in session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was a Tuesday. Had riots two years ago. Uh, well, there's yeah, there's still people scared to go to the city. Yeah, but no, just, we went into this season knowing that the attendance is going to be crappy. Yeah, now I'm more curious. Crappy? Now I'm more curious. Crappy. Now, like we were six thousand something, and now I'm more curious on how small that number can get. <laughs> like, like, do we get a game without guys in the stadium? And the gates open. Well, you know what's cool, though? Good for the Orioles. Even if they only have, like, 2,000 people show up, it will never be the fewest attended, the, you know, the least attended game. Right. It's true. The Orioles. Yeah, they can never meet the mark because they had zero. Yep. So, yeah. And you can't beat zero. So there will always be at least one person in the stadium. Right. But, right. Um, this is early when it's still, like Bert said, it's still kind of exciting because it's still relatively new. Like, a rainy day in, I don't know, at the end of May – What's that number look like? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what, though? It was nice to be back in Section 336. Yeah. After spending years in 334, 336 is a much nicer section. <laughs> We're shifting <laughs> one over. It's better. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped. It's going to be my first game on Monday. Uh, we'll talk about switching the show's time. But our first, my, my first game, we had tickets for Monday. That's going to be my first game of the year. So I'm pretty pumped to... To be at the stadium again, 2019. Yeah. And this so, past yeah, this past Tuesday, the row behind us won the uh, Maryland Live Casino Lucky Row. Yeah. Oh snap! Which I can't wait. Pizza bowlies, get ready! I'm right. getting that free pizza. Let's go! I'm excited for when they call a row and no one's sitting there. Yeah. Well, don't you have to like text it or something and get that? No, row? no, they just call it random. But I think Bert and I figured out it's staged. Because oh, the per- the person with the coupons was there and in that section ready to go before it even came up with on the jumbotron. Really? Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. So it's totally yeah, staged. Was, as soon as the road lit up, he was already there with the tickets in hand yeah. to give him out. Oh my! Scandal. You know what else is staged? I'm sick and tired of the kiss cam having staged kiss cams. It's yeah. got to be spontaneous right it did not come on Bert and I the entire time and there were only like 5,000 people in that stadium at the time serious it's time to get with the with the 2000s it's 2019 I'm annoyed when it's the the cup they put they put the camera on a couple who are already looking at the screen waiting for their turn and then they see themselves because there's a delayed response and then they kiss that's because the cameraman went up to them and said, hey, I'm going to put you on the kiss cam. Get ready when you see your face up there. Right. That's that's not how it's, the kiss cam is supposed to be done. It's supposed to be spontaneous. Yeah, we all yeah. like the awkward, that person doesn't know they're on the kiss cam. Yes. 
It's the yeah. only reason for it. <laughs> if that can last like five seconds of awkwardness, yes. that's gold. Nobody, gold. nobody wants to see people who really like each other kiss each other. <laughs> It's supposed to be people who aren't supposed to kiss each right. other, kiss each other. Right. We want you to accidentally get the brother and sister up on cam yes. together. That's Please, what we want. Or incest. <laughs> or the co-workers. Oh, we get the stage yeah, stuff. Co-workers. I don't know if I go incest with the boys. <laughs> maybe two random people. But yeah, I agree. Get away from the couples. And, and I'm, I'm going to see two, two random. And it should be like a requirement. No matter who. If you get on the kiss cam, you have to kiss the person next to you. Yes, like, or you get kicked out of the stadium. Yeah. Or you get kicked out of the stadium. Immediate ejection. Just, man, just put, it on, it. put it on the ticket. Yeah. <laughs> you get your season tickets revoked. Though, <laughs> <laughs> all of it's not really, because I remember four years ago, we won, uh, Josh, Dad, and I, maybe Bert. I don't remember you there, Bert. But we won I think this the was pre-Bert. roller coaster tickets to Six Flags for doing the whole roller coaster thing. Uh, being on the roller coaster, the Josh didn't really participate as well. Well, and it was only a pair of tickets. Okay, okay, but anyway, that wasn't rigged because we were on the roller coaster cam, me and Pops, and then we won the tickets. Yeah, and we did the roller coaster really well. Yeah, they need to bring that back. That yeah, was the bubble cam. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. there's no more of that and no more bubble cam. And was, it, oh, I didn't ask you. Were there any new cool um, jumbotron stuff? No, no, oh. um, no. I like. They do the whole, like, what's your least favorite song of all time or with players. That's fun. Uh, no, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, Did they mix up the hot dog race at all? No, it's just, uh, it was slightly different. But I'm so over this cartoon hot dog race. Give me real people running on the field. Whether real they got the dogs. freeze in Atlanta, they got the anchorman running in San Diego, they got the, they the, got the real hot dogs running in, like, Arizona, presidents in D.C., I want real mascots running. Forget the video. Same with crab shuffle. I want real crab shuffles out there. Not, <laughs> not a, none of the stupid video. I agree. I would like to see some live crab shuffle. But I don't it, know about the live hot dogs. Right. But um, it will be interesting to see what they do and how they make it look exciting on TV and on the Jumbotron with no fans in the stadium. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. They did that a couple, a few years ago. The Orioles did that for like the players did for some kind of contest or draft. I forget why, but they had like a crab race. Remember that's, that? Yeah, story? that was how they did their um, fantasy football draft. Okay, order. yeah, I would not be opposed to that being a thing where you, they, they 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 do a crab race. Right. We talked about this during the off season. We want minor league baseball in Camden Yards. Yeah, and we well, actually, we've got the we've we got the actual baseball. Now we need all the gimmicks of minor league baseball in Camden Yards. Yeah, and we have great ideas, so you right. should talk to us. Which is why we're going to the Bay Sox for Night at the Yard this year, for nice Father's Day. Day. Get nice your tickets now, June 16th, $10 box seats. You can play catch on the field beforehand. You get a Bay Sox beer glass, and uh, we get to throw out the first pitch. So that'll be fun and exciting and embarrassing. <laughs> one of us will be fun, one of us will be exciting, the other will be embarrassing. Uh, so come join us. It's a Sunday afternoon. It'll be great weather, and it's got all the fun of minor league baseball. So bring your family. Tickets available on section336.com. Right at the top, it says Father's Day with 336. I got my tickets. Ditto. What did it, the Orioles right now sit at 7 and 10? If you guys are putting yep. money on it, what do you think the chance they get back to 500 before the end of the season? At some point between now and, you know, September 30th, what, what what are the chances they get back to 500? 
Give me a zero to slim. Zero to a hundred percent. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. Yeah, that's higher no. than I thought. We're gonna get back by the end of the month, and here's why: we have Tampa, so I, that might be three losses. But then we have Minnesota and Chicago, both in Baltimore. And Minnesota, then, by the way, is leading the, uh, and they, they got that's gonna be fun because they got the scope, yeah, and they got Cruz, yeah, um, and and they're leading the AL Central right now, right? But only by like one game more than the Orioles. But uh, but then after that, Minnesota's uh, eight and four. What are you talking about? And we're seven and ten. Yeah. Wait, how are they eight and four? They've only played twelve games. Yeah, they only played twelve games. How's that They've work? They've been out a few times. No, really. Yeah, Look at their record. They're eight and four. See, I just saw eight wins and said, oh, "Okay, well, we got seven wins." No, yeah, they're they're eight and four. All right, the well, we... game just screwed up. I mean, Seattle's freaking thirteen and five. They've played eighteen games. Right, because they started in uh, Japan. I don't care where you that's start. That's why. The they whole rest of this month is White Sox and Twins. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. After Tampa. After we play the Twins and the White Sox, we then play the Twins and the White Sox. Yeah. Oh, really? And then we play Tampa that's again. Funny. Basically, starting yeah. tomorrow, <laughs> we we just go backwards. We we go in one way, and then we go play the same teams again. It's like a palindrome. No, it's not quite a palindrome. No, it's not quite because Minnesota <laughs> and Chicago flip-flop because – or we'd have Minnesota three and then three in Minnesota. Right, right. But uh, if we're ever going to be back to 500, it's going to have to be during that Chicago and uh, Minnesota series. Because then we get, we're back with Tampa, Boston, the Angels, Yankees, Cleveland, Yankees. Yeah. All like those good, teams good baseball teams. Right, right yeah. exactly. So it's going to have to be by the end of the month. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. The, I'm still excited that we're freaking seven. We're in second place in the AL East. I'm gonna take. I didn't even realize that till I opened my phone. Um, that's great. Yankees it's the, at six and nine. This it's the great. little victories. It's the fact that uh, when you get to see the angry tweets from Red Sox and Yankees fans that they lost to the cruddy Orioles again, like those are the things you appreciate. Yeah, it's embarrassing for that fan base. It is. It is, and I I can appreciate. And that. we were totally embarrassed in Boston last year. Like I think we got like three wins total the entire season against Boston. Yeah. So to get to split a series in Boston this early is exciting. Uh, it's similar to like taking the series from New York a couple weeks ago. And and we took the series in in Toronto a couple weeks ago. I don't think we won a single game in Toronto last year. It, wasn't that true? That sounds insane, but maybe. I remember them saying that in the broadcast. Was that Rick Dempsey talking, perhaps? I, I, yeah, yeah, it might have been Dempsey. So you take it for what it's yeah. worth. If it was Dempsey, Dempsey would have lied and said we won every game. <laughs> I mean, if you would have told me 17 games, we'd be in second place in the AL East after 17 games, I'd say you're smoking the marijuana if you thought if you said that. So, shoot, I'll take it. Why not? Though this is going to be hard. Like, I've already seen people on Twitter and just kind of in general upset and saying, like, cut Mike Wright, cut Miguel Castro. Like, getting really frustrated at players who aren't performing. Josh is over there saying... You know, cut Cedric Mullins. No, I'm saying uh, bring up some of these other guys. But that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't deviate from the plan after 17 games, right? We are, you got to be in for the long haul. You got to have big picture in mind. Like, you can't let 17 games trick you into thinking and being in second division trick you into thinking we need to call up our young studs here, right? Like, if the plan was to not bring up the young players at the beginning of the season, which it wasn't, or they would have started the season with Orioles. You got to stick to that game plan, and you can't let 
17 games for you. But I tell you what, it is it is impressive how um, the Orioles are, have been playing. Do you guys and and Hyde like give manager Hyde? Sorry, I said Hyde. Matt, give manager Hyde a lot of credit for for he said from Jump Street, right? This team is going to compete and yep. compete. They had. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool moment seeing him get ejected. I feel like you don't see a lot of good ejections nowadays with all the replay. Well, and it was an ejection like defending his player because uh, he thought the slide was was inappropriate and and went through and tried to take out his player. And that's, that's kind of he came up and said, "Excuse me, guys, I thought that slide was inappropriate." Well, no, he used language that we don't use on the podcast. But I think that's where we kind of got irritated with Buck sometimes that he wouldn't go out there and argue like to defend his player. Where Brandon oh. Hyde shows that he is—he's oh, got that these, the back. <laughs> he loved his guys, Josh. Stop I know he that. loved his guys, but he didn't go out there arguing for them. Sure, he did. Well, if you went out, if you looked at Hyde, and I saw someone did this thing on Twitter where they, you know, they does do the voiceover a guy reads lips on there, and like, and uh, Mike Hyde, uh, Matt, Matt, manager Hyde, Brandon Hyde, his whole thing was like, what's the rule? Like, if the rule is if you slide past second place and into a defender, you're out. That's literally what he did. He slid through the base and hit the defender. So manager Hyde's whole thing was, what's the rule? Right. And that's the rule. Then what are we doing? Because that's the rule. Like, it's, it's, I mean, that's the rule. So we have a rule, and the guy did it, and it's against the rules. So is it against the rules or not? Like, <laughs> what's the rule? Because it's, it's not like it was like spur of the moment. Like, they went to replay, and they said no. But, but that's the rule. So I think uh, uh, Hyde's deal was, if you have a rule then enforce it. And I guess right. because it wasn't like egregious, because he didn't tackle the guy or something, they, they they didn't call it. But then is it a rule or not? Like is it a rule if you slide past second base and, and hit the second baseman, then you're automatically out? If that's a rule, then the guy's out. But yeah, but it was cool to see because there's less opportunities for arguments when everything goes to replay. So I always enjoy, like you don't have your Earl Weaver moments anymore. Right. So I always enjoy a good... A good tossing. And the day before that, um, pitching coach got the old toss. That was a long toss. That was impressive. That's what we call in baseball a long toss. When the guy on first base, uh, the first base umpire, I don't know if you guys saw this, yeah. threw out the pitching coach across the diamond. That was a long toss. <laughs> this game, the old get out, the old long toss. Yeah, did we, we ever find out what that was about? Uh, apparently he was. I think it was, he was complaining about um, some check swings. Is, is what I read. Um, so I don't know how true that is, but that was a weird thing where the first base umpire was throw, going across a diamond with the long toss to throw out the uh, the pitching coach. Right. All right, guys. I'm. Uh, I was. You went with the music now. Yeah, right. yeah, I'm getting with the music. It was, right. It's clear we're we're out of stuff. It's it's we, we got to get better at this doing the podcast over Skype, so that to help with these talking over and uh, and the pauses. We're, we're, but we're not going to get into a tiger talk. Tiger talk. Tiger, <laughs> you, you, your your mic's all out. Not even hearing you, Matt. But yeah, we all know Tiger Woods won. You can go listen to a golf podcast for that if you want to talk about Tiger Woods. All right, fine. I don't know. Can you hear me with the music? You can close it out, guys. I think I'll close it out because I think All the right. music is burying you. <laughs> so, 
And I think part of it might be, you know what I think it is? I think that Skype hears the music and assumes that that means I'm talking. So it's blaring you guys out. So we'll see if I can remember to do this. Uh, Make sure to go on to Twitter and Facebook. Give us a follow. Just search Section 336 Show on uh, Twitter and Section 336 on Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Section 336 in case his audio is not working. And Bert is at Bert Rohde, and I am at Josh Soroka. Go ahead and get your tickets for our Bay Sox game now and go on over to iTunes and write a review, share the show. That helps out a lot. I think I got it all covered. Anything else to say, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) Guess not. We'll end it there. Go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.